0: Salutations of Muhammad. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless him and all his companions, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless every single one of us. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for giving us another opportunity to meet in order to go through some of the reminders that He has placed within the book that He has sent to us. So we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this opportunity. And we ask Him to accept it from us, and we ask Him to make us from those who take heed whenever they are reminded. This evening, I must commence by sharing some verses that we recited in the recitation that brought tears to the eyes. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah al-A'raf makes mention of a discussion of the people of paradise with the people of hell. And Allah is using the past tense, which means this is as good as done. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The people of heaven called out to the people of hell. Listen to what He says. <laughs> The people of heaven called out to the people of hell Whilst they were burning in the fire of hell The people of heaven asked them We have found what Allah has promised us to be true We are sitting in so much goodness We have whatever we wish What about you people? Have you found what Allah promised you to be true? What was the response? (laughs) They said, yes, we did. We found it to be true. So a caller from amongst them called out, the curse of Allah be upon the oppressors. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us from the oppressors. And sometime later, a few verses down the line, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of yet another call. This time it was the other way around. These people were bubbling in the hellfire. When I say bubbling, the bubbling is made mention of in various ahadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the condition of the skin is made mention of in the Qur'an. That the people burning in hellfire... كُلَّمَا نَضِجَتْ جُنُودُهُمْ بَدَّلْنَاهُمْ جُنُودًا غَيْرَهَا لِيَذُوقُ Every time their skins are burnt, they will be renewed in order that they may taste the punishment afresh. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. The hadith speaks about how they will be roasting in hellfire. And the flesh will be burning, dripping pus and blood. And they will be so thirsty, they won't have anything to drink. There will be heat, there will be fire, there will be burning. And Allah says, وَنَادَىٰ أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ أَصْحَابَ الْجَنَّةِ أَنْ an عَلَيْنَا مِنَ الْمَاءِ أَوْ مِمَّا رَزَقَكُمُ اللَّهِ The people of hellfire in that condition will scream out to the people of heaven and they will say please can you pour on us a little bit of water Or any liquid that you have Just pour it on us And the people of heaven will respond قَالُوا <laughs> Allah has prohibited anything of that nature For those who disbelieved For those who denied For those who turned away Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, It's prohibited. You're not allowed to pour anything. So what will they be forced to drink? The same extract that was released when they were roasted. The pus and the blood and so on. The hadith uses the word, Teenatul khabal. What a filthy drink. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So one might ask immediately, how, What do we do to protect ourselves from this? Well, let's listen. Allah says in the Quran immediately after that, أَلَّذِينَ Akbar, دِينَهُمْ Akbar, Allahu <laughs> وَوَرَّتْهُمُ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا فَالْيَوْمَ Akbar, كَمَا Akbar, لِقَاءَ يَوْمِهِمْ هَذَا وَمَا كَانُوا بِآيَاتِنَا يَجْحَدُونَ Those who did not take their religion seriously. Those who did not take their religion seriously. Meaning those who took it as an amusement and a pastime and they did whatever they desired. Allah says, they forgot us. Allah says, on this day we will forget them in the same way that when we sent them reminder after reminder, they decided to ignore. Last month I was having a discussion with a person who claimed that there was no life after death. So he tells me, you prove to me or say something to me that will convince me that I need to believe that there's a life after death. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put something in my mind and I want to share it with you. I told him, okay, you don't believe in revelation, do you? He said, no. So we need to speak now with the brain, with common sense. We need to talk without revelation. Put it on one side. I told him, brother, if you are going to Japan and you know what has happened in Japan and I were to give you a uniform, I were to give you a suit, like a space suit, and I were to tell you, look, you're traveling to Japan. Take this because there is a nuclear leak there. Take it. There is a nuclear leak there. You might need it. In fact, if I were to tell you, you're definitely going to need it. What would you do? He said, I'd take it along." I said, but what if you went there and there was no nuclear leak? He says, well then at least I didn't take it for nothing because I saved myself. I said, okay, remember what you said. There are people like you who are saying that you're going to die and all that's going to happen is you're going to rot and that's it, it's the end. He said, yes. And there are people like us who are telling you that there is something to come. So, if we were good, and we abstained from bad, and we sought forgiveness, and we did everything that we believe the Creator has instructed us to do, one of two things is going to happen to us according to you. Either, if what we've said is true, we will go to heaven. And if what you've said is true, we haven't lost anything. We just carried the suit with us. (laughs) We haven't lost anything. But, for you... You don't want to take the suit. So it's better for you to fulfill what we are saying, so that when you get there, if you are going to rot, you haven't lost anything. But if you're not going to rot, oh, then this is the call. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and wallahi, this man told me, you the first person who's given me something to think. I said, no, you promised me moments ago, tell me something convincing. Don't you agree it's convincing? He said, yeah, it is, but I still believe that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. We are Muslimin, we have the kitab. We've come to the masjid in order to earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have it with us. Still sometimes we ignore it. So Allah says, you want to ignore it? Wait, we are, we are, not, we are warning you that you might just be ignored on another day. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not do that to us. And this brings tears to the eyes. The other verses that also brought tears. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أفأمن أهل القراء أي يأتيهم بأسنا بياته وهم نائمون أو أمن أهل القراء أي يأتيهم بأسنا ضحاؤه وهم يلعبون أفأمن مكر الله؟ فَلَا يَأْمَنُ مَكْرَ اللَّهِ إِلَّا الْقَوْمُ الْخَاسِرُونَ Do the people of the towns feel secure against a punishment that might overtake them at night whilst they are sleeping? Do they feel secure? And the next question Allah says, Do the people of the towns feel secure against a punishment that might overtake them in the afternoon whilst they are playing? Allahu Akbar. And Allah says, do they feel secure against the punishment of Allah? Nobody besides the losers can feel secure against the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya Allah protect us. Ya Allah do not punish us. When we hear the winds blowing, and when we hear the strong winds, and when we see the rains, and when we feel the strong rain, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's protection. It could be punishment. Let's move to the verses we were speaking about yesterday. We had ended where the Prophet Noah, may peace be upon him, Nuh salam, had made a dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We said, for so long he was just praying for guidance. And after so many years, he one day decided, now it's time to raise my hands. After they threatened him, and after they wanted to stone him to death, now he raised his hands. And the dua he made, he says, before he made this dua, he is telling Allah, Look ya Allah, You instructed me to do this, I want to tell you what I've done. Now Allah knows, but this is just so that, He bears witness against His own people. All the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they have asked a question to their people, and they've received a response. Have I conveyed the message? And they were told yes. Even Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in the final hajj, he asked a question, all his companions, he says, have I conveyed the message? They said, Bala, Na'am, yes you have. He looked up and he said, Allahumma fashad, oh Allah bear witness, look at what they've said. They've said that I've conveyed the message because they were messengers. Subhanallah. So Nuh, the Prophet Noah, he says, <laughs> O oh my Rabb, I have called my people by night, and I called them at daytime. As I called them, it increased them in running away from the message. They ran further away. Every time I called them, they went further away. Every time I called them, they went further away. May we not be from amongst those whom, the more we are reminded, the further away we go from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remember the lessons we are drawing. We need to currentize these verses and apply them to our lives. Current. So what does this have for me in it? If Nuh alayhi salatu was is complaining that the more I read for them the verses and the more I called them, the further they went away, we should not be from amongst those. Then Allah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, he continued. جَعَلُوا أَصَابِعَهُمْ فِي آذَانِهِمْ وَاسْتَوْشَوْا wa Oh Allah, every time I called them so that you could forgive them. I called them towards seeking forgiveness so that you could forgive them. They put their fingers into their ears. Imagine adults when you're talking to them and they put their fingers into their ears. How foolish would that be looking? And this was a message of Allah, a messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says that Nuh alayhi salam complained saying, Oh Allah, whenever I gave them the message, they put their fingers into their ears. Whenever the message comes to us, let's never ever put our fingers into our ears. Let's never turn away. This is why tonight we read a verse at the end of surah al-A'raf. Allah says, وَإِذَا قُرِئَ الْقُرْآنُ فَاسْتَمِعُوا لَهُ وَأَأَنصِتُوا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ When the Quran is being recited, be silent, listen to it carefully, so that you may be overtaken by mercy, or Allah may have mercy on you. So if we'd like mercy, when the Quran is being recited, listen, try to understand the message, and you will achieve the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Nuh a.s. says, whenever I called them and in order that you may forgive them, they put their fingers into their ears. And over and above that, they covered themselves with their clothes. Imagine. If we try to picture it, you're talking to someone and he's put his fingers in his ears. And when you're talking to them a little bit more, he tries and cover himself with his clothes. How foolish does it look? Allah says, look, Nuh a.s. says, look at what they were doing. واصروا. And they continued. They remained on that mischief that they were engaged in. It did not help them at all. And they were arrogant. A great haughtiness. Arrogance meaning they rejected the truth and they were despising the people. They were despising Nuh himself. <laughs> He says, the verse just before this one I read now. He says, "Oh Allah, then I called them openly, directly. I called them in the masses, and I called them in private, and I called them openly, and I called them in secret. I went to them one by one, and I also spoke to them publicly. But it didn't help them. What did I tell them? Let me tell you, Ya Allah. Nuh salam is saying, Ya Allah, this is what I said to them. فَقُلْتُ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ غَفَّارًا I said, seek forgiveness of your maker. Whoever made you, your Rabb. And I told you the meaning of Rabb is the one who created. Creator, nourisher, cherisher, sustainer, provider, protector, curer, the one in absolute control of every aspect of existence is known as Rabbun. So he says, seek the forgiveness of your Rabb. For indeed He is most forgiving. In كَانَ He is most forgiving. That's the lesson for all of us. Every time we are told, seek the forgiveness of Allah, Allah is most forgiving. This is the month of Ramadan, month of forgiveness, seek the forgiveness of Allah. This is a blessed day, a blessed moment, seek the forgiveness of Allah. Leave your bad ways, leave your bad habits, seek the forgiveness of Allah. He is most forgiving, most merciful. We hear it in Salah, الرحمن rahim Most beneficent, most merciful. We hear it every day, we read it every day, subhanallah. But the rejected one is the one who doesn't turn. Allah says, he is merciful, yes. But if you defy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala beyond a certain point, then his punishment overtakes that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not do that to us. So he says, oh Allah, I told them that seek forgiveness, Allah is most forgiving. And I even made it clear what you revealed to me i told them clearly that when you seek forgiveness Rain falls and there is no drought and the pl- the crop has grown, mashallah. The economy flourishes. But when there is a shortage of water, when there is rain, no rain, that is a punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the first thing that will happen when any one of us engages in seeking the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that he will forgive us and one of the signs is the rainfall will come. Correct rainfall. Because too much of it is punishment or a test. And do not love it is also either a test or punishment. But when it is just right, it shows that Allah is forgiving us and He has forgiven us. <laughs> and He will grant you sustenance that you are content with. He will increase your wealth. So those who want increase in wealth, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. There is no point in going and seeking wealth by haram means and trying to go and gamble and think that, you know what, I won. I tried with 10 rands and I got 60 rands. Now let me put 10 million so I can get 60 million. When you put in the 10 million, you come back with the same six that you started with. Then what happened? You lose your house, you lose your car. You lose your business, you lose your family. But moments ago, you were a loaded person. It's greed. Allah says, seek forgiveness. We will grant you contentment with the six rands you had. You will spend it through the day and you will still have two rands changed. So this is what istirfah will do for you. Nuh alayhi Salam told totally his people. It will grant you wealth. It will open your doors of sustenance. So if you want sustenance, ask the owner of sustenance. Don't go to anyone else. Ajibtu liman dunya min ghairi I'm amazed and surprised at the one who seeks sustenance from those who don't own it. Who is the owner of sustenance? Allah. You want sustenance, it's Allah who will provide, not anybody else. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. And that wealth that has come to us via clandestine and prohibited means, it will be used in a destructive manner. It will result in our children being so disobedient because they are eating that which is prohibited. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. It will bring with it lots of harm and curse and turbulence rather than goodness, prosperity and contentment. So it's better for us to ask Allah and to try our best and be happy with what we have. And then He says, If you seek forgiveness, Allah will purify your offspring for you. Firstly, He will grant you the offspring. And secondly, He will make them also from amongst the good by your istighfar, by your repentance. When you repent, then there is a greater likelihood that your children will also inshallah follow suit. You might have one, you might have someone, after you have fulfilled all your duties, and they have now arrived at adulthood, they might renege here and there. That is between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For as long as you have fulfilled your duty, and for as long as you have been exemplary, and for as long as you are their role model, inshallah, then by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is no blame upon us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. So he says, يُمْدِدِكُمْ <laughs> wa Over and above that, he will grant you gardens, and he will grant you rivers that flow. This is also speaking about the life after death. When you increase your repentance, Allah will open your doors in this life as well as in the life after death. And this is why the hadith says, Give good news of paradise to the one in whose books or in, on whose papers, on whose records there is a lot of istighfar. That's a clean cut hadith. It makes so much sense. If in my book or in your book there is a lot of repentance on the day of Qiyamah, it's going to come up, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to see, and everybody is going to see that there is so much repentance here, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us through the blessed lips of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, give good news to that person. May Allah make us from those who can engage in repentance on a daily basis, constantly, because that will help us. Then Nuh a.s. continued. He asks them, he says, مَا لَكُمْ لَا lillahi wa qara." What is wrong with you people? How can you not have hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy? How come you are not hopeful of anything good coming from Allah? I am telling you, if you do this, the goodness will come to you. You are still not doing it. Look at that. So on one hand he warned them of a punishment and told them when you do evil, this is the bad that will come in your direction. And on the other hand he told them, if you seek forgiveness, this is the good that will come in your direction. So he's saying, you're neither taking the warning nor do you want to have hope in the goodness. So what is it that's going to move you people? Now Nuh a.s is telling Allah, Ya Allah, I have depleted absolutely everything. I've told them everything, I gave them this example and I gave them that example, they still don't want to turn And then he says, there was one more thing that I told them about. What was it? Don't you see how Allah has created the skies above you, the seven heavens? Don't you see how He has created the moon that shines? and the sun that gives off light wallahu al thumma yu'idukum fiha wa it is allah that created you from the soil and he will return you to the same soil don't you see you burying your dead returning to the soil and allah says we will resurrect you from that soil وَاللَّهُ جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْضَ لِتَسْنُكُوا مِنْهَا سُبْلًا جَاجًا Don't you see that Allah has created gravity? Allah has laid the earth in such a way that you can walk on it. Imagine if there was no gravity on earth. What would happen to us? We would have to be tied to something. And we would have to be floating around. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala laid it down. He laid it for us. بِسَاطًا He actually laid it. And he says, you can walk on that. And you can make roads. But no, they didn't want to listen. They were interested in their own thing. As we said yesterday, very few people accepted the message. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those who can see His signs and turn to Him. In this masjid prior to Ramadan, I spoke about the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With an example... Of the stars And that star Subhanallah The closest star is four and a half light years away from us Which means when we look outside We're only seeing a star That was there four and a half years ago And we still think it's there Subhanallah There are other stars that are 15 light years 20 light years away Which means we're looking at it And if there is a shooting star We're reading the dua for it But we don't realize, this happened before I was born. I'm only seeing it now because light travels at so many light years. The distance between me and that star is so much. This is the greatness of Allah. We are so insignificant. Oh man, you are small, insignificant in comparison to the rest of the creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَخَلْقُ (laughs) السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ أَكْبَرُ مِنْ خَلْقِ النَّاسِ وَلَاكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ The creation of the skies and the earth is far greater than the creation of man. But man, many men do not know. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Then Nuh alayhi salatu was salam, after that, He says, قَالَ نُوحُ إِنَّهُمْ عَصَوْنِي وَاتَّبَعُوا After I told them everything, they still went against what I said, and they followed the paths that resulted in destruction against their wealth and their own children. Those are the paths that they chose to follow. And they were plotting... Huge plots, not only against me and against the believers, but even against one another. And each time they had children, they continued telling their children, don't leave your gods. These stones and statues that you have here. These statues that we have. They warned their children, don't leave these statues. So their children were even more venomous than them. Their children became more dangerous than them. Imagine how bad they must be. The Prophet is there. They are related to him because they're not very far off from Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. And he is warning them. And as he is warning them, even their children are becoming worse than them. May Allah protect us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us if a person is evil, you find his children will overtake him in evil. Unless, with the miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are guided. And when a person is on the right path and has sacrificed and dedicated for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by the will of Allah, from his offspring, will be those who have also come out on a similar path. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. So this is why Nuh a.s. is now complaining about even the children. So he says, وَقَدْ كَثِيرًا وَلَا الظَّالِمِينَ إِلَّا ضَلَالًا They have led so many astray, so many astray. He now raised his hands and he says, وَقَالَ نُوحٌ لا تذر على الأرض من الكافرين ديارا What a powerful dua! Imagine for a messenger to make such a solid dua of destruction against his own people. What must have happened? He says, O oh Allah, now that I've told you everything and I've explained it one after the other, do not leave a single one of them on this earth. And do you know what Allah says? We read the verse, the last verse yesterday. And there is another verse I'd like to read. Allah says, إِذْ نادى مِن قَبْلُ فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ In Surah Al-Anbiya Allah says, And Nuh alayhi salam called out to us a long time ago. We answered him immediately. We answered him immediately. Because it took him so long to make this dua. The point we raised yesterday is, Remember, those who are friends of Allah... Those who are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Muslimin, those who are trying to earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, never harm them. If they raise their hands, they won't do so immediately. They will make dua, Ya Allah, guide this person. Ya Allah, have mercy on this person. Ya Allah, bless this person. But when we engage in their lives negatively, they may come a point in their lives when they will say, Ya Allah, destroy this person. That's the end. Then we are wondering, why is my life a mess? I usually like to tell people, if your life is in total chaos, is there anyone who is serving the cause of Allah, any scholar of Islam that you've ever harmed? That's the first question you should ask yourself. If you have, whether you have spread rumor about him, or harmed him, or attacked him, or blocked him, or did whatever, your life is doomed. Doomed. Why? Because he works for Allah. His boss will sort you out. Allah. Allahu, Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. It's a powerful statement. Think about it. Sometimes our lives are in a mess. We don't know what we've done against one of the friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we're trying to find the button that went wrong. And we're trying to press the right button and we don't know. Our lives are upside down. Remember, if you cannot benefit someone minimum, don't harm them. Allahu Akbar. If you cannot benefit someone minimum, don't harm them. And those who are friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala If negative thought goes through your mind, remember something. You better block it very quickly. And don't allow it to continue. Who knows, they might be closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than anyone else. And the day they say, Ya Allah, this person is now troubling me, destroy them. Believe me, if not today, in a few years time, it's coming. Before you die, you taste it. Not after death. Before you die, you taste it. And then after the death, it will continue. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. So Nuh alayhi salam says, Rabbi la Ya Allah don't even keep one of them on this earth. If you leave them on this earth, Ya Allah, you know what will happen? They will be leading people astray. That's all they know. And they are not giving birth to anyone except those who are worse than them. Which means their children, Ya Allah, they are thus the same, if not worse. So Ya Allah, there's no hope even for their children. Allahu Akbar. When he made this dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded. And in surah Hud, Allah says, after that, وَأُوْحِيَ إِلَىٰ نُوحٍ أَنَّهُ لَن يُؤْمِنَ مِن قَوْمِكَ إِلَّا مَن قد آمَنْ فَلَا تَبْتَئِسْ بِمَا كَانُوا يَفْعَلُونَ We revealed immediately to Nuh that Oh Nuh, we've heard your dua, we've heard what you said. Now we want to tell you that we have sealed, we have sealed the hearts of the people at this point. Nobody from today will accept your message. It's over. Whoever is with you is with you. Now we have crossed to a new level. Allahu Akbar. So Nuh alayhi salam stopped calling people towards Allah at that point. Why? Because Allah told him from this moment, no new people are going to accept your message, it's over. We gave them a chance. My beloved brothers and sisters, I learned a lesson from this, and so should you. What is the lesson? Allah gives you one chance to turn, two chances to turn, ten chances to turn, a thousand chances to turn. After that, He might throw you right out. Allahu Akbar, may He not do that to me, and may He not do that to you. We need to turn now. Because I don't know if this is going to be the last chance that Allah is giving me. Who can guarantee that they are going to stand up from here alive? Anyone? We can put up our hands. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. Death is a whisker away. We are fortunate. In Taala The Prophet says, Allah will accept the repentance of a worshiper for as long as their soul is not being taken out of their... Throats. May Allah open our doors and grant us acceptance. Remember, it is not difficult to turn to Allah. It requires willpower. It requires iman and belief. And we have that inshallah, by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, Allah says, we want you, O Nuh, to create or to make an ark. We want you to build an ark. Amazing verse. Nuh salam was not a carpenter, he was not a builder. He didn't know anything about building. And Allah says, we want you to do something. We will help you, we will guide you, we will be watching, and we will instruct you what to do. So what happened? Amazingly, the tree would grow, he would cut it down, take it to the top of the mountain, because Allah instructed him to build that ark at the top of the mountain. And when he took it and laid it there, he was granted dusur, he was granted nails, and he would nail one into the other. When he went back, there was another tree ready for him. He would cut it down and bring it. When he brought it, it would fit like a jigsaw with the other one, and he would nail it in. Amazing. And his people, وَكُلَّ مَا عَلَيْهِ مَلَأٌ مِّلْ قَوْمِهِ سَخِرُوا Every time the, the cronies, mala, مَلَ, مَلَأ مَلَ, meaning the chiefs, The big boys in community When they passed him They used to laugh at him (laughs) You've now become a carpenter we're seeing You used to be a prophet You stopped calling us At least But now you're becoming a carpenter But we want to give you a piece of advice Scoffing at him They said You want to build an ark or a ship You'd rather do it on the coast Because how are you going to take it from here today Is a jinn going to come and carry it for you all the way there And he kept quiet he says, You want to laugh at us today, don't worry. A day is going to come when we will be laughing at you. Noah alayhi salatu The Prophet Noah, may peace be upon him. So, it is reported that that ark, now what I'm about to say now Allah knows best, we've got it in a narration that we've taken from the people of the book as I explained yesterday, the Israeli riwayat, and the Quran neither agrees with it nor rejects it. So we're just making mention of it. They say the ship or the ark was 900 meters long. Now the people were also very very tall. Remember we spoke about them being 18 meters tall. So it was 900 meters long and it was 150 meters wide, and 90 meters high, because it was more like a submarine. He covered the top as well. It was not a ship with the top open, it was covered as well, more like a submarine, ready to go. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught Nuh how to build this state-of-the-art peace only by him coming back, cutting the tree, and it fits. Coming back, cutting the tree, and it fits. Imagine what must have happened. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Allahu Akbar. Just think of a jigsaw. Very difficult one. And you're looking that way and someone gives you the right piece, you fit it in. You're looking the other way, they give you the right piece, you fit it in. How happy you are. Wow, we completed this whole map of Africa in a little while. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding. So here Nuh alayhi salatu was salam was now ready. It is reported, also another Israeli narration, that it took almost a hundred years to build that ark. Allah knows best. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, (laughs) حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءَ أَمْرُنَا وَفَارَتَّ النُّورِ قُلْ نَحْمِلْ فِيهَا مِن كُلِّن زَوْجَيْنِ اثْنَيْنِ وَأَهْلَكِ إِلَّا مَن سَبَقَ عَلَيْهِ الْقَوْلِ وَمَنْ آمَنْ وَمَا آمَنَ مَعَهُ إِلَّا قُلِيلٌ We gave him a sign, Nuh salam, That when you see the sign, and the sign was that the earthen oven would gush forth with water. When you see water coming up from the ground, then you start preparing. By taking twos of all the animals and twos of all the creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and your family besides the one whom Allah has rejected, and we will get to that inshallah, and take with you those who have believed. And Allah is telling us, وَمَا آمَنَ مَعَهُ إِلَّا قَلِيلٌ We want you to know that those who believed with him were very very few. قَلِيل, قَلِيل means very few. I told you, either between 11, Or from eleven to eighty people. The the narration that makes mention of the smallest number speaks of eleven, and the narration that makes mention of the highest number is eighty. But there is little for 950 years of da'wah, only 80 people accept it. And from this we learn something. That the majority is not always correct. SubhanAllah. The Quran speaks about it. (laughs) not always is the majority correct when you follow the majority of those on earth they may lead you astray from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so not always what is right is right even if the whole globe is telling you it's wrong and you're the only one left and what is wrong is wrong even if the whole globe is engaging in it and they see nothing wrong with it Even if you're the only one left. Allahu Akbar. May Allah keep us on the straight path. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, We then told him, Carry these people with you, And get into the ark. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَقَالَ اَرْكَبُوا فِيهَا بِسْمِ اللَّهِ مَجْرِيهَا وَمُرْسَاهَا إِنَّ رَبِّي لَغَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ he said to them, come, let's ride in this ark, we're all inside now, and we want to make a dua. And this dua, to this day, we make it, and we are taught to make it when we are on journey. One of the duas, that is a sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, بِسْمِ اللَّهِ wa mursaha. In the name of Allah, it will move, and it will stop. You know, we hear about those Lexus motor vehicles that have a defect with the brakes. I hope those people did not forget to read that dua. Because it goes with Allah's instruction and with His name, and it should stop with it as well. So don't think that it's going to stop just by pressing the brake. It's Allah who grants that brake, whatever whatever is needed for it to catch. And wallahi, there are people, I read a story that in one of the highways of Saudi Arabia, three days ago, it was in the Arab News newspaper, they said there was a man whose brakes failed at... 200 kilometers per hour. And he phoned, luckily he had a phone, and it was on the highway between Rabir and Jidda. And he phoned the traffic police, and he told them, this is who I am, this is where I am, and this is what has happened. I'm on cruise control, and it's not coming off, and my brakes have failed. You can actually Google it, you'll find the story. And what happened? They escorted him, At that speed, and they opened up all the roadblocks for him until his fuel ran out. Allahu Akbar. Look at Allah's gift on this man. Imagine if it was here, I don't think we would have had that long roads for the fuel to run out. And this is a true story. It happened three days ago, not longer than that. So this is why it's important for us to read the dua. Jump in the vehicle. Don't just think, right, jump in, start. I got the latest milk and I'm going. No. Millahi Majireha wa mursaha. In the name of Allah, it will go and in the name of Allah, it will stop. Indeed, your Rabb is most forgiving, most merciful. There is another dua as well that we can read. Subhanallah, سخر لنا هذا وما كنا له مطرنين. It's a longer dua with a similar meaning. These are the prayers. So now what happened? Allah says, وَهِيَ fi The ark is moving, being guided by Allah, through waves which are like mountains. And Nuh is looking out as they're closing this thing here, and he sees his son, and his son did not want to be with him. This is what we were saying, that you take your family, besides those whom Allah has rejected or turned away. His son was a quiet boy, he didn't want to be with his father and he was with the other side. So his father says, Nuh calls out to his son saying, Oh my son, come and ride with us. Don't be with the disbelievers. Come, come into the ark. And his answer his answer was as follows. قَالَ سَآوِي إِلَىٰ جَبَلْ يَعْصِمُنِي مِنَ الْمَاءِ He says, oh my father, don't worry. I am a mountain climber. I'm going to climb the mountain, and it will save me from the water. Wherever have you heard that the floods have reached even the top of the mountain? No, I will climb the top. Don't worry, my dad. And Allah says, Nuh salam answered him, La aasima al-yawma min illa marrahim. Oh my son, I want to tell you today, there is no savior from the water for anyone besides the one whom Allah has had mercy upon. So come, come, O oh my son. As the discussion was pursuing, a huge wave came and he was drowned. What do we learn from this? In the midst of a sin, we are reminded not to commit that sin. It happens a person might have come out from the bar and he's drunk on Thursday night and then he comes for Friday Jumu'ah and the imam, as I told you the other day, doesn't know this man at all. But Allah inspires him to say something. That there are some people who drink on a Thursday night and Friday morning they're coming to the masjid. They'd better stop that. And he looks and he says, What? Is he talking about me? But it's Allah. Whilst you are involved in it, Allah sends you a message. If you still do not turn, look at what happened to the son of Nuh a.s. He drowned in it. There are certain people who are drowning in sin. Literally drowning in it. They don't want to come out of it. And they are being warned by their family, by other people, by ulama, by different people, leave it, stop this, stop your haughtiness, stop your pride, stop deviating others and so on. And they don't want to learn a lesson. Allah says, they will drown in that. Definitely they will drown in it. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, imagine, I'd like to make mention of a verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing the water... Imagine it came from the bottom and it came from the top. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in surah al-Qamar, فَفَتَحْنَا أَبَوَابَ السَّمَاءِ بِمَاءٍ مُنْهَمِرٍ We opened the doors of the skies completely with water that poured down. Ma'in مُنْهَمِرٍ This word in Himar is the greatest word you could ever use to describe the density of water coming down. Ma in On top of that Allah says, we didn't wait there, to ensure that destruction was total. amrin qad We let the earth gush its water, so it came out so much, that it was enough to flood them with only the water on the earth. But the water of the sky and the water of the earth met at a distinct point that Allah wanted it to meet. Imagine, take a tennis ball and put it into a bucket, and immerse it right in, and think, if that was the earth, what has happened? Allahu Akbar. Allah is saying, it didn't only rain, but we instructed whatever the earth was holding in terms of water to get out. So all the water in the earth came out on the land, and it came up, it rose so high, and the water from the top came down, and the two waters met. Allahu Akbar. Look at this. This is such a vivid description in Surah Al-Qamar. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, As for the ark, we guided it. We guided it. It went through with our guidance. And then, wa ya wa When Allah instructed the water to subside. Allah says it was said to the earth, swallow back your water. So this shows that it had spat it out. Swallow back your water. And the skies were told to hold back their water. And the water subsided. And we guided this ark. And it rested on Mount Judi. Where exactly that is, Allah knows best. There are a lot of statements. In fact, recently I seen someone said they discovered an ark in Turkey somewhere. Someone said they discovered something elsewhere. Only Allah knows. But the lesson, we know it's true. So Allah says, that ark was guided and it rested. And it was said, Distance or destruction be, woe be upon those who were valimeen. ظالمين. ظَالِمِين meaning oppressors. They are now gone completely. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when it had stopped, Nuh alayhi salam, Called out to Allah. نوح رب نوح Nuh Salam called, called out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, Ya Rabbi, In abni min ahli, Wa inna wa'daka al-haqq, Wa anta ahkamul haakimeen, Oh my Rabb, My son was part of my family. You promised me that you would save my family. Ya Rabbi, You are the one who decides. He didn't question Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala's decree but he wanted to understand. So Allah says, "Ya oh, Nuh, he was not from your family. He had done deeds that were very, very impure, unacceptable, rejected. He was a criminal, in other words. He's not a member of your family. From this we learn that the bond of shahada is far stronger than the bond of blood. When it comes to the pleasure of Allah, we will have to seek that first, even if we earn the displeasure of someone in the process who happens to be a family member. And if we want to please a family member in the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we won't do that. Because we don't want to earn the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Very important. And on top of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He was not from your family. Amazing. Look at how powerful the word is. Yet biologically He was. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deep understanding. This afternoon I was speaking on the radio. Radio Al-Ansar and I had made mention of how sometimes... The best gift we can do to our children is not to interfere when they're in trouble. Sometimes. What does that mean? When you know your child is on drugs, and you know you've tried the rehabs, and you've know, you know that you've tried everything and you've spent money, and one day he's arrested for something related to that and he's jailed, it would not be in the best of your interests to get him out of there. That probably would be the best rehab. Why do we say this? If a child is a criminal, he's a criminal. When we go and defend him, what happens? We're defending crime. Allahu Akbar. We learn this from here. I definitely do know that there are people in the prisons who are innocent. There are some who have sent me a message with some of the brothers here, who say, we listen to you every night on radio. MashaAllah. We make dua for you. We know that really a lot of those who are there, or many of them who are there, they may not, they may have been framed, they may have been blackmailed. I always believe that sometimes, as we know from the story of the Prophet Joseph, may peace be upon him, the law is guilty of finding an innocent man guilty. It can happen, and it has happened from the very beginning. So, we need to know that as much as we pray for those people, sometimes when a person is guilty, the best rehab is when they're in the prison. It gives them the time to think, it gives them the time to ponder, it cleanses them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevate us all. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ease the sentences of those who've been sentenced. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them goodness in such a way that when they come out, they come out the best of people. And may He make us from those whom when the inmates have served their sentences and they've come out, we can now re-accept them into society without that stigma. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant that to us. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of a beautiful verse in the Qur'an. Beautiful verse in the Qur'an. This verse has the most memes. You know the alphabet, the Arabic alphabet? There is one letter known as a meme. Listen to how many memes in this verse. Seventeen, to be precise. Listen to them. In one verse. نُوحُ <laughs> من 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 Subhanallah. How many means in this? That's obviously just an item of interest, not related to our subject as such. But a beautiful verse. Allah says, We said, oh no, disembark in peace from this ark you and your people. And from your people disembark those whom we will grant them goodness for a short period of time and thereafter we will punish them even after that. What does that verse mean? That verse means that, Oh Noah, we want you to know that now there's only believers with you. When they come out and they're going to have their children and so on, there will come a time when they will then deserve the punishment once again. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and our offspring as well. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a gift to Nuh alayhi salatu Allah says in the Quran, وَجَعَلْنَا ذُرِّيَّتَهُ هُمُ الْبَاقِينَ Those who were in the ship with Nuh or in the ark with Nuh, Noah, may peace be upon him. None of them had offspring besides Nuh. So every one of us here, we are the children of Nuh. Not anyone who was with him. SubhanAllah. Allah says, The others, they were not granted children. Him, his progeny is what continued. Him and his sons, and his sons' sons and so on. And there there was continuation there. So we have a guarantee from the Qur'an that all of us, the common forefather that we do know, after Adam was Nuh, for every single one of us. SubhanAllah. We know that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. Thereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how He has kept the signs, and how He has kept all this in order for us to take heed, and in order for us who came later on to learn a lesson. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, is there anyone from amongst you who's going to learn a lesson from the story of Noah. Noah, may peace be upon him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deep understanding. Yes, we've spoken a little bit longer tonight, seeing that the brothers have come from very, very far, and seeing that subhanallah, it's a Saturday evening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us use these evenings in His goodness and not in transgression until we meet again